There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. Visit b21.io slash hustleshare and get $2 upon signing up. Also by Ideaspace, a nonprofit supporting innovation and technopreneurship as a path to nation building. Ideaspace runs an annual startup competition. For more information, make sure to sign up for their newsletter at ideaspacefoundation.org slash connect. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics platform you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. You need to find the need and fill it. And you need to differentiate, especially now that there's so many kind of brands who are trying to get a slice of the organic or the natural positioning. You need to really figure out a niche. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beithyong. Welcome to episode 103 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not tip for work language. So make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be featuring the most popular natural brand in the Philippines. And to tell us all about that, we'll be their founder and CEO, Miss Anna Meloto Wilk of Human Nature. Now before we talk about how Anna made Human Nature scale 
to the degree that it is now. She's going to share how she started out by helping out her father, who happens to also be the founder of Gawad Galina, who helped her also to get immersed in a lot of social development work at an early age. Anna's also going to share how she built the foundation of her skill set by working in ad agencies, where she learned how to also bounce back from big mistakes she's made before. And then Anna's also going to share the origin story of how she founded Human Nature with her husband and her sister, and how they overcame early obstacles that made a huge blow to their business early on. Anna's also going to share why they chose direct selling as a distribution and sales machinery, along with the systems they used to scale Human Nature to where it is now. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Human Nature, let's begin this episode. Right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are going to be in love, not just with humans, but with also nature. I'm not going to be guesting Mother Nature today because that's virtually <laughs> impossible. But we're going to get as close as possible to someone who actually does. Uh, love humans and nature. You know what I'm talking about. I already said it on the intro. Well, let's welcome to the show, Miss Anna Meloto Wilk of Human Heart Nature. Awesome. Hi, Ron. Thank you for having Hello. me. I literally yes, just met good you afternoon. last week. No, no, actually, I, I know. I met you way back. I'll tell you that later on, on how I think I met you before. But before <laughs> I get carried away, thank you again for being here. And uh, it's been an honor because I was literally just in a talk with Anna a week ago talking about mm-hmm. side hassles in Rappler. Right. right? And I know. I, I'm a big fan. I went fanboying a little bit. So I was like, why the hell not have her on the, the, the podcast? So again, shout out to Boris. Uh, who introduced me to Anna. I, yeah, hey, you. Boris. Yeah. I hope you're listening to this podcast too. <laughs> if you're listening, thank you, Boris, because now I have a talk with Miss Anna Meloto. Okay, but Anna, uh, just like every episode that we've had here, Anna, what's your hustle? All right, so I have been uh, on my current hustle for 12 years. Mm-hmm. So um, I co-founded a company called uh, Human Nature. Okay. Uh, that's the brand actually, but we have a more Filipino name. It's called Gandang Kalikasan Inc. Gandang <laughs> uh, it's funny because Yes. Because it's it's funny because um it uh it's a nod to GK also. Um, ah. So the same initials, GK, Gawad Kalinga, and Gandang Kalikasan. So it's a social enterprise, um, meaning it's a business that is supposed to make money, as all businesses right. should, mm-hmm. right? But um, at the same time, apart from making sure that we put food on the table and we have mm-hmm. a house and um, making sure that the kids are provided for, um, mm-hmm. Majority of the profits also go to uh, making, um, trying to help Im- improve the condition of um, the poor in the country. So we're trying that's to address right. poverty in the Philippines. So, poverty. so that's my main yeah. hustle. Yes. There you go. Okay, but in 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 that said, we've had several very prominent also. So you're one of them. If you look at the Mount Rushmore. Or Mount Makiling, okay. Let's be let's be local. Uh, of 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 the top uh, 
uh, social enterprises here in the Philippines. You're way up there. Another one that we've had here, like a couple of, uh, like earlier this year or last year, I forgot already. COVID makes you forget uh, the time disparity. Um, is uh, Rags to Riches. With oh, Reese, right. uh, with Reese, yes, yes, of course. Uh, and of course, his ha- her husband, his husband, her husband, uh, which is uh, Mark, right? So yes, Happy so, Noi, Happy Noi. So this it's the same uh, objective, right? There's always a profit, yes. There's a business, but again, it's a tough act because as a business, mm-hmm. it's already hard to get profit and actually make profit and sustain a community that you do it for. It's doubly, mm-hmm. uh, it's doubly hard, and I, I want to mm-hmm. dissect that. But before we do that, Anna, I need you to buckle up because we bought something over the weekend. For the past one hundred and two episodes, we've been uh, doing the same uh, sound effect. But today we have raised some funding, and I need you to buckle wow. up because we're gonna ride the hustle share time machine. <laughs> Oh, are you okay? Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a that was a rough <laughs> landing. Okay, so there you go. Brand new time. Because before, <laughs> if you listen to any episode before this, our has to share time machine sounds like a fairy tale. Now we are wow, legit. Okay. Level up. Oh, what's up? Okay. Wow, may upgrade ka na. Ano ba yan? Yep. 2.0. Yeah, it's a real time machine. It doesn't sound like it's Cinderella riding. <laughs> okay, so Anna, I want to... Uh, I want to ride all the way back and start where you are. So again, if you don't know Anna, Google her because, uh, again, the nod to GK stemmed from her father, Mr. Tony Maloto, who is, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I'm bad with titles. He is the founder of Gawad Kalinga. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Gawad Kalinga. started GK. Okay, so GK. Um, in that said, you know, it's it's really paying it forward, right? It's giving it back to communities. And GK is for housing. Mm-hmm. Is, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, the reason why I remember. Um, yeah, it oh, no, starts no. with housing. It's a community development. So um, it starts with housing, but it also has health. It has education. It has mm. um, community empowerment. Parang it's the whole package. Okay, so I'll tell you when, when I think I first met you. I'm sorry, I might date you a little bit about this, but I think I met no you worries. when I was I'm in college. I'm a proud college. tita. Okay, it's, I'm, I'm a, a tita now tita. too, so it's all good. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. <laughs> but uh, I met you, I think, in college when we met, uh, when we went to a GK facility somewhere along Commonwealth Avenue. And mm-hmm. either before or prior to that, there was a facility about human heart nature. There was like a quick uh, tour about, you know, mm-hmm. what human nature is, blah, blah, blah. And then we went to like an inner community where we were tasked to help build houses. Like what the, mm-hmm. So that's when I mm-hmm. first heard about you. And, and okay. Was, so over to around 2008, 2009, more or less, uh, that's when I first... Oh, ganun, we just started. And yes. that's probably correct because our office is in Commonwealth. Our, our main office is in Commonwealth. So there. Yeah. Right from the yeah. roots of where this is. But I want to go further. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So growing up, again, being Tony Malotto's daughter, um, what did you learn? And did you do any side hustling? Or did you get immersed in what your dad uh, really does at an early age? Because again... He's an entrepreneur in, in himself, right? At the end of the day, yeah. putting up any organization is entrepreneurial in nature. 
right? right. What did you right. um, do or well, how did you Im- get immersed into the life of an entrepreneur per se? All right. Well, actually, tama yung sinabi mo. You said how um, anyone who starts something, whether it's a movement or an NGO or just something innovative, is essentially entrepreneurial. And um, my dad has always been like that. Um, so I think the earliest that I've seen him exhibit those um, entrepreneurial qualities was when I just started um, being a teenager, mga 13, 12, 13. Um, we were part of a um, Catholic charismatic community. Mm-hmm. And then um, he always says this, no? Mm-hmm. Na parang, since I was the eldest, mm-hmm. it just suddenly dawned on him. It suddenly clicked that I was going to grow up and um, he had no control over my environment, the values that I was going to be exposed to, um, the friends that I will choose and all of those things. So he thought of what he would call environmental engineering, um, which to me now thinking about it is such a parang amazing concept. So basically what he did was he started a youth group within his community because of his insight that um, young people like me um, needed a a fun but safe place to kind of explore um, their faith, but also explore boundaries, um, learn to be independent, have adventure and friendship and fun and stuff like that. So in 2000, no, not not even 2000, in 1992, I think, 1992, 93, that was my first glimpse of like someone building something. Because essentially, entrepreneurs are builders. Correct, correct, correct. You have an idea, you think about it, and the idea stems from what I call a pain point or a need. And then you come up with something to answer that need. Mm-hmm. Or that pain point, ganyan. Mm-hmm. Um, another way of looking at it was, nung teenager ko, I used to read Archie comics, and there was this Archie. one. Um, yeah, I mean, so, oh, see, so you I know, know what's my generation. Yeah, Je- Archie, <laughs> Jackhead, Veronica, which is AKA Sorry, Ron as pero well. Pero hindi yung Archie ng Netflix, ha? Sobrang no, no, dark no, no, na yung Archie ng Netflix. No, that, <laughs> wholesome Archie pa kami dati. Oh, super wholesome. Yep. Super wholesome. So there was this one um, story of Jughead Jones. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't forget the line that he said. He said, you have to find a need and fill it. Mm-hmm. And it was a story about Jughead getting into business. And his business was, um, he noticed everyone was having um, remote-controlled cars and oh. other gadgets that needed batteries. So yung business niya was he started selling batteries. Mm-hmm. So everyone else was selling the toys, but he started to sell the batteries. Wow. So um so yun. So that's that's my earliest recollection of okay. observing yung entrepreneurial spirit. And mm-hmm. it really starts from a need or a pain point and you have to find the need and then you fill it. So that was my dad. So mm-hmm. he built this um youth group called um Youth for Christ and it became one of the biggest, the most fun, innovative kind of um, youth group around that Mm -hmm. time. And they expanded to campuses. They expanded to like international and all of those things. Everywhere. YFC, come on now. Who doesn't know that? (laughs) So that was my first, my very first kind of recollection of someone building something. So an entrepreneur is really a builder. That was the second one was was in his 40s. Parang, he was almost 40, I think, around the same age as I am. Mm. Atas nagkaroon siya ng midlife crisis. Parang, he felt that um, he was about to enter the next half of his life. But, 
um, looking around him in the Philippines, he felt like um, there's so much that um, there's so much poverty, there's so many problems. Tapos parang he felt convicted na what have I done? Na mamamatay ba ako now? I didn't um, even try to parang address these um, problems. Especially it coming from a point na he came from a very poor family in Bacolod. Um, and uh, out of all of his siblings, he was the one who was able to get a scholarship in Ateneo, which was unheard of, ganyan. Um, so he just felt, like you, a very, very strong need to pay it forward. Yeah. Um, but wala siyang experience kasi in ano, development work, in right. poverty alleviation. Wala talaga. His, what was he doing prior? I never, was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so he's straight out of college. Yeah, straight out of college, he worked in Procter & Gamble. Um, so he was a management trainee in Procter & Gamble. And then after that, he worked for um, a private company. Uh, it was a paper supplies. They were a supplier of um, Procter & Gamble. And he moved to the, the supplier side. And that's where he met my mom. Um, and then that was what he was doing. And then after that, he went. he was a missionary. He was actually a missionary for... You know, a, all of my childhood, a great part of my childhood, until he started Gawad Kalinga in his in his forties. Um, okay. So, yon, going back, that's what he was saying that he felt like, um, you know, he was already forty, but what has he done to actually um, address the problem mm-hmm. of poverty in the Philippines? Sabi niya, wala, mm-hmm. um, and he, he didn't know anything. Okay. So, his first. Um, order of business was to immerse himself in the slums parang mm. to know the problem. So, um, he would go to Bagong Silang um, in Caloocan, which was the biggest yep. squatters relocation site yeah. in the Philippines. At that time, there. this was what? Yeah. 20 plus You've been there? Yeah. It's I'm not going to tell you why, but I've been there. Right? No, it's scary. It is scary. <laughs> Especially at night. Oh my God. Right? Exactly. It's not for the weak-hearted. It's really not. And then at that time, um, they would even say that it was the university of crime. Kasi doon daw nag-aaral yung mga akyat bahay, yep, natututong yep. Uh, lahat ng mga illegal activities, ganyan. Yep. Um, and at one point, I think, our house was broken into in Commonwealth and the people who broke into our house were Came from, from Bagong Silang. That's so, one jeepney right away, oh, technically. Oh, right? <laughs> Malapit lang. It was yeah. very close. Mm-hmm. So, so he would go, as in every day. He would go every day, spend half a day there, got to know the people, got to know the problem. Um, because everything that you think you know about poverty is probably wrong. And that was how it started. It was really getting to know the problem. And then um, he also realized that many of the solutions that he's known are Parang one intervention lang. But then he he also, yung biggest insight niya was that if we are going to address poverty, it has to be a holistic approach. Right. And you start with the home. Kasi when you change the environment, ito tuhog din dun sa Youth for Christ. Yeah, he yeah. thought about environmental engineering. You have right. to change the surroundings in order yeah, to change community. the behavior. Yep. The community. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was really my experience seeing my dad in action in building YFC and then building Gawad Kalinga. Okay, now before we take our first break, I want to find out, Anna, what was your first taste of hustle yourself? 
What were those things? Mm -hmm. Did you also help your dad out or did you do that separately? Because again, I've had so many people who had, uh, who were guests here who had very strong uh, parental figures who were entrepreneurs or, you know, visionaries and whatnot. That really pretty much, uh, you know, uh, sets them at a, at a path where uh, no, nobody else can teach them that, you know? So mm -hmm. for, for you, with that impact that you saw, uh, it's, mm -hmm. most of the time I always see this. It's either they veer away, they try to prove their own path, or they also mm -hmm. build on whatever the, their parents right. built on top of. What, was, what did you do next? I think it was a little bit of both. Because, okay. I mean, I was always inspired by what my dad was building. And also, having those um, front row seats at his talents and skills. Um, he was really very good with people. He was very yes. good at spotting opportunities. Um, he was very radical, always out of the box. Um, so, during my student life in um, high school and in college, um, I would accompany him to Bagong Silang. Um, I've been called... Um, <laughs> Scary names. Yep. I have been threatened. <laughs> oh my God. I have been threatened. <laughs> wow. Um, and for my my thesis in in college, I think that was my first taste of being entrepreneurial and being hust and hustling, um, because I asked him. I saw that you know the 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 work was growing, right. um, but it needed to. Um, become more well-known. So we needed to raise awareness. So I volunteered our, my thesis to yeah. come up with uh, brochures for them. So basically, I set up an advertising agency for GK wow. with my friends. But we didn't... It, it was for free. It was pro bono. Right, right, and it was right. part of our requirements. But it was really like not just, okay, I submitted it for the grade because it was printed, mm -hmm. it was distributed, they were using those materials for, you know, a couple of years. And mm -hmm. I think even after they revised it, it was all kind of, um, it was a springboard for all of their advertising campaigns. And um, I had to hustle because the skills that I had were not enough to come up with a whole kind of campaign. Mm. Um, so I had to find a graphic designer. I wow. had to figure out printing. Uh, yeah. I had to uh, figure out, you know, quantities and all of those things. Mm. And it was all friends uh, incorporated. Right. Um, so yeah, that, I think that was my very first recollection of hustling. But it, I've always been kasi in terms of services and communication. So this is the first time in human nature that I actually have a solid product. But um, mm. before that, laway lang yung puhunan ko. Which is, <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I, I don't, I feel weird when people say that it's laway lang. Because to be honest with you, it's one essential skill and it's actually a gift more than anything. Um, mm. Because when you're a natural with people and people's skills, in, in my opinion, again, take it with a grain of salt, um, it's at the top of the totem pole now. Because at the end of the day, um, yes, you can learn any skill and whatnot, but it's hard to teach people skills because it also requires talent uh, mm. to do it. You can't be just, and at the end of the day, it's the being likable, being able, able to empathize, and a lot of other things that come into a big melting pot to get that done. And if that was your foundation, oh my God, now mm. it makes sense how you were able to scale uh, human art nature because you have that as a forefront. I say that because that's also my puhunan. You know? Yes. At the end of the day, I don't have money. I don't have nothing. But I had a lot. And I had that people skills. And couple mm -hmm. that, I guess, with, with 
an an unsatiable thirst for hustling and to be able to you know uh, achieve things that I really want, then that's mm-hmm. magical, right? So mm-hmm. okay, Anna, I talk too much. I need we need to take our break and pay our sponsors real quick. But when we come back, let's awesome. now talk about how you're able to uh, found uh, human heart nature. But let's talk about that more after the break. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Anna Melodo Wilk. Oh, not milk. What the hell did I say? Wilk, stop, Ron. You're stupid. Don't don't say. <laughs> why are you saying Anna Melodo Wilk? That's stupid. Okay. <laughs> Anna Melodo Wilk. My stupid mouth. Okay, so Anna, I have the I have a question in terms of. How uh, you then, so you said you, you started doing the ad agency. After that, did you ever apply for a, for a job somewhere else? Or, uh, yeah. Um, what, are, what are the hustles you did then after you went to the work, workforce? And then what are the things you learned from, from those stints that you did? Right. Okay. So, um, so I had my first days of advertising in college. Uh, at that time, kasi, uh, communication yung course ko. It was very broad. So you only get like a, a, a taster of so many different things. And the one that really kind of ignited my interest was advertising. Okay. So um, I, I spent a year in ABS-CBN. And then after that... Um, the the person who recruited me for internship in J Walter Thompson mm. uh, found actually it's funny I had a meeting um, in ABS in mm. J Walter Thompson and then I just remember that I had such a great time um, interning there so I it's another hustle move okay um, I left a note I left a note for my old um, intern manager 
So the one who really liked me when I was in college, mm-hmm. I wrote to her. I left a message. I said, "Sabi ko, hey, um, I I came by because I had a meeting. Um, I wanted to see you, but anyway, uh, it would be great to reconnect." Ganyan lang. Wow. And then, like, the following day, I got a phone call. Siyempre, I left my number. Right, I got right. a phone call at work. Because at that time, I really didn't think that my job was, you know, a good fit. And I was, like, wanting to get out. Ganyan. And then I got a call. And then she said, Hoy, Ana Meloto, anong ginagawa mo dyan? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Umalis ka na dyan. <laughs> At least, I hope you didn't go a wall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. May opening kami dito for management trainee. Send me your resume. So, you emceed. So okay. So, yeah. So, that was for Ogilvy pala. It wasn't okay. J. Walter Thompson. It was for Ogilvy. And then, so I spent the next uh, two and a half years, almost three years there, and I had a really, really good time. Not much sleep. Um, yes. Sometimes I'd sleep under the table. Yes. <laughs> and and former agency people would always say that, you know, it's a cutthroat environment, but if you make it out alive, you can make it out of work. You can make it anywhere. Because, you know, uh, yeah. the, the advertising agency has a way to literally just eradicate people who are not a good fit. But if you make it, you're going to be one. It's a life-changing uh, environment to learn. Now, for you, what are those things right. you learned in the ad agency world? Uh, that you still use today? Uh, I think one of the biggest lessons really was the curiosity. Mm. Um, I was always, I've seen that in my dad, you know, that he was always curious about human behavior, what makes people tick, and how to get people to kind of um, uh, come together towards a certain goal. Yep. Uh, but in ad agency, I learned the science of it. Uh, some would, some people would say it's manipulation, it or is. some people would say <laughs> that you know it's really kind of um, it is in a sense it is manipulation. And I have friends who actually got out of agency because they morally didn't feel like what they were doing was right anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, I was very fortunate that the clients that I uh, worked with and the brands that I uh, worked for were really amazing brands. I worked with Nike. I worked with Nestle. Yeah. I was with um, Kimberly Clark. So these are brands that I really loved. Wow. <laughs> so wow. these are brands that I really, really in, um, enjoyed uh, working with. Um, so yeah, the curiosity and um, you know trying to figure out what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, having your ears on the ground all the time. Those are the things that up to now, I think, um, serve me well in human nature in trying to grow the brand. Um, and the next thing was um, how to pick yourself up after failing because yes. I've ha- I had some really like huge mistakes. I made some okay. really huge mistakes. Mm-hmm. I've had lots of instances where I had, alam mo yung feeling of a really sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. Yeah. I had all yeah. those in, in the agency. Wow. <laughs> um, what else? Um, loving Excel. <laughs> yes. Not, not being the master of it, but yes. appreciating Excel <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and seeing the value of, of Excel. I, I yep. also learned that in agency. Yep. Um, and I had some of the best, you know, bosses, the best mentors that up to now I look up to. Mm-hmm. I still am in touch with um, yep. in my time in, in agency. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, uh, I'm I'm curious. So after the agency life, did you do another job, or did you now scratch the itch of creating human nature? 
Uh, I had one more stop because okay. diba, my first job was media. Okay. And then my second stop was ad agency. And mm-hmm. my last stop was um, client side. So my last job before I started Human Nature um, was Nestle, actually. Nestle. So, wow. Oh, oh. You're not Nestle much brand, was a big, big family of brands. <laughs> Yes, yes. So from um from agency side, I was then recruited to um client side um in Nestle and uh it was a different kind of exciting naman. Mm-hmm. It was more mellow than agency. Mm-hmm. It was not as you, you can know, now sleep. exciting <laughs> and radical. Huh? Oh, na ako sa bahay <laughs> and I wasn't sleeping under my desk. I wasn't sleeping under my desk anymore. <laughs> um so, so Nestle also really taught me, naman. If agency taught me to be curious, if agency taught me um, to um, always think about human behavior and insights, Nestle um, gave me an appreciation for order and systems and organization because that's what a big company does to you, I suppose. I mean, I can't say that. I'm the best person to organize something, but I have a deep appreciation for it. And I will always want people who can help me kind of build the system, improve things, and make them work efficiently. So um, that's what I learned in Nestle. And that's what I took to... Um, after Nestle, I worked for a time with Gawad Kalinga. That was my um, gift to my dad. That was my you gift are now to my dad the to help them in their own... GK. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I helped them. I helped in terms of their uh, marketing, their website, um, everything that I learned in my corporate um, stints. Uh, I tried to apply in, in GK. Um, but after a while in GK, something happened and life happened. I met my husband in GK. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> when we we had the same kind of passion for. Um, Addressing social issues like poverty, ganyan. Um, and it was while we were both volunteering for GK that I came up with the idea of human nature. Um, because I saw that they were doing a great job of addressing the needs of the poor, really coming up with um, solutions that work, na hindi detached, na hindi, um, you know, elitista or whatever, that they were really kind of immersing themselves in it. But then they were always fundraising. They were always kind of chasing always. the money. Yeah, like a foundation always, and whatnot. Always chasing. Right. And I saw that it ate up so much of their time to raise funds that it kind of um, took time away from developing the programs. Right. Um, so that's when the idea of why don't we set up a business that will take care of the financial side of, you know, these amazing organizations so they can focus on what they're good at, which is coming up with the solutions for the social issues. So um, so that's where the idea of human nature comes from. Now. Maybe we can use the profits of business, part of the profits of business to fund, um, you know, the great work that these development groups are doing. And that's, that's genius because uh, I, I know of this because my mom used to work for Ayala Foundation. She was there for 17 mm-hmm. years. So I know wow. the hustle. So it's the, 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 the NGO hustle. Again, as you said, you're always fundraising. It's very similar to how startups are. You're always fundraising. That's right. a full-time time job. 
And you have to balance mm-hmm. that out with developing the value that you promised you're going to give and whatnot. The only difference is, again, since you're a nonprofit, you're always chasing that money, right? Um, yeah. You're always looking for the next uh, uh, replenishment. And what I love mm-hmm. about you is that you wanted to sustain it and also growing a business together. Now, I'm curious. Um, when you decided to like, all right, uh, human nature it is then. Uh, what, what was the first punch you took? When I say first punch you took, because again, when, when, when and any first-time entrepreneur always is like, I think I'm ready. Okay, I can do this. You're always so optimistic. You come in and you see that, oh my God, there's a punch you took from the blind side you didn't even know. What were those hard, what hardest things you, you took at the forefront that you didn't see uh, uh, coming to you? And how did you overcome that? I think in the beginning, the biggest, biggest, biggest punch really was working out how to um, make the business work without killing my husband and my sister <laughs> killing me. <laughs> Why was death already imminent? What is going on? <laughs> no, um, we had to really sit down because I knew okay. it already. And then actually it was my sister also who said that, you know, we need to kind of have this, 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 um, this discussion even before we launch that mm. first and foremost, we're family. Yep. Um, and if, w- when it's not, if, when it gets tense, when we have disagreements, when there's going to be like conflict, we always need to preserve the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should always think the best of each other, I guess. Um, and because to us, even though we were super excited about um, starting this business, um, at the end of the day, we don't want to have a falling out. We still want to, you know, be able to see each other as often as we wanted and spend Christmases together. I, I didn't want my marriage to fall apart, that sort of thing. Um, so th- I think that was one of our uh, first conflicts. Um, the second one, which I think was really um, also difficult to navigate, um, was when we realized, and this was even like less than a year um, from the time that we started, that one of our suppliers was not com- was being completely truthful to us, and he was a major like supplier for um, our ingredients, for our even our packaging. She was um, some of our packaging and all of that, and she was labeling all of our stuff. We were labeling all of our stuff and building our brand around the word organic. Yes. Um, but then when we were about to uh, export to the U.S., we had to do right. the paperwork. So we asked her for a lot of the documentation. Yeah, the she FDA. couldn't substantiate organic. She mm-hmm. couldn't, yeah, she couldn't su- substantiate. Um, and it turns out that um, she was losing the term organic loosely, very loosely. Oh, <laughs> um, so it was the worst thing ever because we've already hyped up so much that we were organic. We mm-hmm. were saying that, you know, everything was locally sourced and all of that only to realize that uh, we couldn't substantiate all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was so bad because for me, it was an integrity issue. Absolutely. Um, it was a, it was a big integrity issue. And so um, at, I couldn't sleep. I was thinking that maybe we should close it down until we could kind of regroup and figure out how to find more suppliers, um, mm-hmm. change our labels, and all of those things. Um, 
but by that time we also we also had like three other people that we employed already um and it was because of them that um i didn't fold up we we really kind of decided that um we had to figure it out without right. letting go of those people mm-hmm. and um it was actually again my dad i had a chat with him and then i was like absolutely in distress because how are we going to fix this because all, all of our labels were printed we had a website we had a press releases already and all of those things and what he said up to now just really struck um stuck with me he said it was true when you first started it you knew that um, what you were working on was true so there was no um deception that happened but now that you've realized um that it's not the case you make it true you know what I mean? you have to make it true um so what that meant was we had to fix it we had to um figure out a way to still um maintain our integrity to make sure that whatever we put out there was um corrected or amended Okay, so Anna, um, when you said that you know you had a problem about being, you know, having uh, uh, your your manufacturer, or your supplier not being able to 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 meet what you expected, what did you do? So yeah, so we had to decide that we had to make it true. So following okay. my dad's advice, because he said, when you started, you thought it was true, and you acted accordingly." Now that you know otherwise you make it true and you act accordingly so what we did was we scrapped all of our old labels wow. so that was all bend and that was also lost money and okay. to a starting entrepreneur <laughs> it was that very hurts. painful yep. it hurt so much to you know throw something away that you can never sell mm-hmm. um, and then after that i had to write a very difficult letter to our um distributors to our dealers to our resellers um to explain to them why we were changing the labels from organic to natural because we were harping yeah. on it you know for months um and i was really scared to send that letter because i felt i thought everyone would leave they they felt like they were deceived um but to my surprise and you know very grateful um you know reaction was that they were very understanding they actually appreciated the honesty a lot of them said that you know other people would have just continued to label it as organic and not think of it as a big deal Mm -hmm. but the fact that we wrote that letter the fact that we were honest to them made them feel that they were really part of the company and it made them want to make us succeed so they stuck they stuck with That's us. Amazing. All right, last question before we take our last break. Why did you use the distribution channel of direct selling, wherein uh, there's other you know distribution uh, models per se of direct mm-hmm. retail, of you know FMCG right, right. model from manufacturer mm-hmm. all the way to retailer? Why the direct selling? Because um, I've seen also similar brands like you know from old from old school the Tupperwares and whatnot. That was that was. A method that really worked, right? But also, um, in 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 a, in in the flip side, um, there's also a bad rep for anybody that does that, especially for those ones who said who were trying to do MLM. So it right. does, there mm-hmm. is a, that that uh, connotation that you have to overcome. Uh, why that, and how yeah. do you make it work? 
Sure. Well, it's really simple because when you're starting, when nobody knows you, walang papansin sa'yo na retailer. I mean, it's so difficult to get into the supermarkets, to get into the groceries. You need to have very deep pockets. You need to um, have a lot of systems. So, it actually entails a very mature company already to enter into these groceries. And we didn't have that. I mean, when we started, we were working out of our house. It was just myself Mm -hmm. and my sister. We were manning the phones. Mm -hmm. We were packing the orders. Um, And my husband was even the delivery guy. So Mm -hmm. he would drive from Commonwealth to Alabang just to deliver your shampoo, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. Um, so the the easiest way for us were two things actually. Um, even before the direct selling, we set up a website. So this was in mm-hmm. two thousand eight, yeah. um, when there was no Shopee, there was no Lazada, there was no Instagram. Multiply was the no, shit. Yes, multiply was the OG, right? yep. Um But we decided to um, create a website, and it was a big risk. We were the first. Um, product in the market to be able to have a credit card facility. Wow. And at that time, yeah, 12 years ago, um, none of the banks um, really kind of had it organized yet. So for the first two weeks, we were swiping, we were sending products without receiving anything, any payment. Kasi hindi pa naayos ng banko. Oh my God. And so we were just sending it out in faith. We were sending it out in faith, um, relying on the bank when they said that they would deposit the money to yeah. our account. There's no COD back then yet. It was, it was not, COD. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, so that was that was really the beginning. But then another reason why we went the direct selling route was because we wanted to democratize natural products. Because at that time when organic was the Vogue. Yep. Um, the first clients were really the rich and the celebrities. So you mga Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. Yes, yes. And it was so expensive. Yep. Um, it was so difficult to find. So mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of make it accessible. So um, the prices were affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our idea was that this was something that public school teachers could also sell. Mm-hmm. So, apart from Longanisa and Tosino, they can also sell you <laughs> Correct, correct, correct. Yes, and you also put money in their pockets, you know. Not yeah, just selling, yeah. you know. At the end of the day, that supply chain, whatever they sell, uh, some goes back to you. And again, I think that's the social uh, enterprise component of it. Working in right. beautiful perfection. That you're not, you're not, uh, it's, I hate to say it. I always say it in, in, in so many things. The rising tide lifts all boats. And you're that tide that lifts everybody up. In giving them opportunities mm-hmm. to actually sell, not just whatever products, quality, natural. Right. Products. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Now let's so, and that first- was something that were important for us that you know they could be proud of the products that they sell. There you go. Pride and joy, human nature. Okay. <laughs> now let's uh, take our, for our last break, and when we come back, let's talk about paying it forward to the whole entrepreneurs, especially to my fiance who wants to learn more. I'll ask questions for her. I'm sorry. Okay, but let's talk about them more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter 
unless you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprouts Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. 
For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust DragonPay. And we're back from the break. We're still with Anna Melotto Wilk, who has now taught us how she was able to overcome overcome massive humps uh, during the start. Now I want to understand. So you taught us how you're able to get over those big mess ups. Uh, you know the the direct selling route in, initially, but now I also see you in the supermarkets. You know, especially mm-hmm. when. Mm-hmm. When I'm going a grocery run and whatnot, mm-hmm, and my fiance mm-hmm. asked me to like, hey, can you get me the toothpaste? Okay, human nature <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, how are you able to scale this beyond the normal route and have multiple uh, thing that uh, multiple you know supply chains be- without also hurting your distributors? Sure. Um, okay, so that was really interesting because we didn't um, approach them first. In fact. Um, it was through the phone. So we were manning the phones because you could uh, buy products by calling us or through our website or through our dealers. One time, my husband was manning the phone and then he got a call. And then um, she said, I really like your products. I was just wondering if you're interested to put it in response in, in wow. um, ShopWise. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I don't think we're ready for that yet. And then she said, well, when you're ready, this is my number and this is my name. And then after that, he, she, he went to me and said, do you know anyone named Hindi Weber Tantoko? Wow. Um, because... <laughs> She said that she she wants to put us in Rustan Supermarket and in Shopwise, but I don't know who she is. Do you know her? Oh He's like, what? <laughs> so my jaw dropped. <laughs> and it turned out she found out about our products because she was given um, Human Nature as a Christmas gift oh. um, by friends. Okay. So, and I think it was what ito na naman, my dad would say a seller's market because the branding was so strong yeah. and it was very unique and we were one of the first to really get into the affordable natural product space yeah. um, that people really wanted it mm-hmm. um, and that made the entry into the supermarkets a little bit easier um, and the way we were able to manage it and the, the thinking of why we went into retail was we realized that for us to be able to make enough profit Mm-hmm. To be able to address poverty, we needed to extend distribution mm-hmm. um, because there's a saturation point for you know the direct selling model. Yeah, we'll out. Um, yeah. Right, but with retail, um, we can you know reach more people, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And reaching more people meant building more houses, um, partnering with more communities, increasing the minimum wage to a living wage. So it was enabling us to also expand our programs. And that's the reasoning that we also presented to our direct sellers. So, syempre may resistance no una because they thought it was competition. But then they also realized that seeing human nature in the supermarkets gives them more mileage and gives them more awareness. So then when they introduce it to people, meron ang name recall and it's easier to make the sales. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because the brand already speaks for itself without having to really do the brochuring before and the introduction that the heavy introduction that entails when you're we're on your own uh, on the ground mm-hmm. doing the direct selling, you know, because there's now 
uh, backup that you see from retail and points up sale. There you go. All right. Yes. No. Um. I I I have a question. Uh. That I wanted to several questions actually that I I wanted to to ask. So after you've not done retail and you were the first ones to actually do website, the e-commerce boom changed the whole game. The Lazadas, mm-hmm. the Shopee's of the world. How were you able to take advantage of that now? Given mm-hmm. that you're, you're a digital native. 2008, mm-hmm. that was multiply mm-hmm. and you've seen people come, I mean, platforms mm-hmm. come and go and now, boom, right. all of a sudden, it's ripe for massive scaling. How did you take advantage right. of the e-commerce uh, boom? Um, I mean, I'm just really, really grateful that we had the infrastructure in place um, for e-commerce, even before the big uh, online retailers came in like Lazada and Shopee. Um, And especially now when we were on lockdown, um, I think we wouldn't have been able to survive if we didn't have a website. Um, because we've seen, you know, how quickly people really uh, moved to the web. Um, they adapted to online shopping and all of those things. And we were just lucky that we already had that in place. And we didn't have to, you know, kind of in a panic build it um, just to be able to survive. Because I've seen other businesses that they only built oh, up yeah. their digital platform wow. when things closed down, right? Yeah, um but having said that, when I look at our website, there's still so many improvements that we need to do. We're not yet in the level of um, Amazon or Lazada. Sometimes it's still slow. Um, there's still, you know, functionalities that are kind of clunky. So mm-hmm. it's really continuously studying and improving. Absolutely. Okay. Um, now let's pay it forward. Okay. I'll ask you some advice that other entrepreneurs before I let you go. Um, you spoke highly about Excel and systems, right? Mm-hmm. What's your MO or your modus operandi in, 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 the, in building the systems that allowed you to scale or at least hold everything together in human nature right. now that, uh, that other entrepreneurs can use? Okay, so I have to be honest here, this is not because of me. And this is okay. one of the benefits of really having co-founders okay. um, who have very different skill sets and kind of focus from you so it was my husband who even uh, from the very beginning 12 years ago who decided that you know majority of our capital was going to go to a management system we had to purchase this um kind of software um that would allow us to track every sale that would allow us to track every expense Mm -hmm. everything that um, you, you know, that you spend on, you just input it so that at the end of the day, nothing is lost and then it's easier for your accounting also. Um, and there's so so many of those products, you know, management, um, inventory, management software and all of those things. Um, and some of them now are very affordable. Some of them are also, um, there are grants also mm. for for stuff like that okay. and i would strongly strongly advise um entrepreneurs uh, who really want to scale because okay. we had that vision of scaling from the beginning okay. um to invest in those kinds of things that's amazing yeah all right now next question i wanted to ask so uh finances okay so Again, uh, this is a two-part question. I'll ask first the first part. 
first part, in a social enterprise, in a normal business, uh, the main uh, objective of a business is for profit, obviously. But in a social enterprise, again, there's a social component of it where you need to do it. How do you balance out scaling and also giving back uh, to that without, you know, because it's a delicate balance. It's already hard to make profit. Eh? What, mm-hmm. what more if you had a, a social uh, accountability to it? How do you make sure that it doesn't tipple over and you're still actually able to grow both? Yeah. Um, I think, and I can only speak from our experience because, you know, other social enterprises may, may have had a different one. Mm-hmm. But um, we've always seemed like when we made the commitment to um, our values and to our mission, um, for example, even before we turned the profit, we already committed to paying a living wage, not just a minimum wage. So um, that was back in 2008. Um, minimum wage, I think, was 400, less than 440 pesos. Mm-hmm. But then we said for our uh, regular workers, we were going to pay 500 pesos. So it was mm-hmm. a, a huge leap, yeah. but it was still higher than minimum, minimum wage, wage. Yeah. because it was a commitment that it was a recognition of the fact that minimum wage was not a just wage, that it wasn't enough to really sustain people. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we made that commitment, we knew already looking backwards or working backwards, how much sales do we need to be able to support okay. um, the minimum wage? How much sales do we need so that we don't compromise our not non-negotiables? Mm-hmm. So you work backwards. And that's exactly. always been our goal. Na our targets are always driven not just by increasing profit. Our targets are are motivated by supporting our advocacies. So how much do we need to make to be able to support our advocacies? Okay, now you're talking about these advocacies, but at the end of the day, you need funding to get this done. How are you able to now then uh, sustain and grow? Because in a typical startup, again, in other social enterprises, you're always in fundraising mode. For you, how are you able to accelerate growth? Were, were you bootstrapped all this time or did you also get external funding in other forms, whether loans or investment or whatnot? Mm-hmm. How, how did you get that done? So in the beginning, um, well, we were, we were um, fortunate enough that we had a bit of money to invest. Okay. Uh, most of that also went into, as I said, the ERP, the software that mm-hmm. we did. Um, but there were times when we really had to tap into friends for bridging loans. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to have that close group of support system um, to help you. Just make sure that you also don't uh, renege on your commitments okay. and that sort Pay of them thing. Back, okay, exactly. Thank you very exactly. much. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, so, so we've had seasons um, where we really needed those kinds of things, and this is something that I've been advocating in the social enterprise sector and also in the MSMEs, mm-hmm. because there's not enough, um, you know, funding available here in the Philippines. There's no such thing as non-collateralized loans, nope. um, nothing like that. Um, my my co-founder, who's not Filipino, he this is his second business. But okay. in England, they have these things as um, you young entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. so you can get a loan, mm-hmm. and it's interest-free. Wow. Um, you only start paying the interest on the second year. 
Wow. Um, and it's non-collateralized. Mm-hmm. And they're not big amounts, but it's enough to it's really start. start something start. significant, you know? And I think we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the recent years, there are more like venture, social venture capitalists who are, you know, really filling that gap, that gap. in the market. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough. I think government should think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, big corporations should think about it to really support, you know, the entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, let's just call it what it is. There's still more five, six, uh, yes. five, six types of, uh, of, of deals that are very predatory. Mm-hmm. And you, I, right. I love that, that, that thing that they do in England because you get a head start. You, you can use that money to literally grow your business and then not worry about interest and paying back right away. That's right. very important. Yeah. Because if, if at day one, if you borrow 50 pesos and it's going to be 60 plus pesos tomorrow, you're already dead. You're just digging exactly. yourself a hole, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. That's that's setting yourself up for failure already. Correct. And there's no winning in that because regardless of how hard you 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 work, the odds are just stacked against you. So right. beware for right. those things. Okay, last few questions before I let you go. You're uh, you're you're an advocate of the organic and natural brand movement again now, right? So you started with what you you said uh, why you did it. But now there's also a, a significant jump of uh, a renaissance again. My fiance belongs in this movement who, who I look up to you as their patron saint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but again, you started the movement when you know you were, you were ahead of your time. But for those brands who are on the fringe of trying to make it, what would be your advice for them? Because you know uh, they need a lot of mentorship and again, they can't get you on the same uh, room all the time but if they do they are listening to this what can you say yeah. coming from you, you since you've paid the way for them uh, already sure I would go back to Jughead you know okay. you need to find the need and fill it um, and you need to differentiate especially now that there's so many um, kind of brands who are trying to get a slice of the um, the organic or the natural positioning, mm-hmm. you need to really figure out, you know, a niche mm-hmm. um, and differentiate. I mean, for example, just off the top of my head, perhaps there is a brand that can now speak to um, the demographic who are about to retire, grandparents, um, what's their lifestyle, you know, that sort of thing. They're the ones who have the money. They're the ones who have the free time. They're the ones who are taking care of their apos and whatever. I think there's a huge potential in marketing to seniors. Everyone Mm. wants to market to the millennials. But what about the seniors? They're the ones who have the money. (laughs) <laughs> and they're they're savvy now. My mom is literally just retired, just just retired last December, and now she's a full time Netflix K drama watcher. Okay, exactly. Standing the Ajumas. Yeah, Ajumas. <laughs> no, Yun Bin. She fucking obsesses over Yun Bin all the time. Like, uh, this is getting uncomfortable, mom. What are you doing? Right? <laughs> it's an obsession. But yeah, I agree. They do. They retire. They have a little bit of liquidity, and that's a market. This way, but you just have to position it in a way where. They get it because they're actually right. more savvy now. They all have yes, smartphones and whatnot, and they know how yeah. to shop as well. Oh, imagine! Exactly. My mom is like Shopee and Lazada. Ganyan. Shopee. She, she oh, knows the- how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. So, yeah, before- it's, oh, good. Sorry, yeah, go it's ahead. so important. Yeah, it's so important to find the need and fill it and to really differentiate. 
um, wag tayong mag-aagawan dun sa where everyone else is there already. Yes. Um, there's always a way to differentiate. Blue Ocean Strategy. Okay, there you yeah. go. Now, Anna, through it all, again, you, you've been in the game for over 10 years now. My last question before I let you go is, uh, knowing what you know now and what you've been through, is there something that you would do differently looking back? And if, if there is, what would you have done differently now? I would have kind of maybe taken down the anxiety and the angst a notch down. Okay. And also, I would have kind of second-guessed myself less. Um, because now, looking back, I I think I wasted so much time just kind of being angsty it. and mm-hmm. overthinking and um, second-guessing myself. Yeah. Um, so that's one. And then second would be, I think I would have... Um, I would have been a lot kinder as well to myself. Mm. Um, you know, as we were building this thing and I would have been, um, I would have spent more time just hanging out with my co-founders instead of like just really obsessing over every kind of little thing. So, yeah. Yeah. But it paid off. I mean, at the end of the day, hindsight, but yeah, again, hindsight is always 20-20. You can still apply it into the future. Again, Anna, thank you. Very, very much for being on Hustle Show and blessing us with your human nature. But before I let you go, Anna, what's next for human nature? And uh, we'll invite people over to you know uh, check you guys out. Where can they find you? And what do you have up your sleeve very, very soon? Right. Okay. So, yeah, it's been a really tough year, I think, for everyone. Um, we're officially now in the Filipino Christmas season, right? But yeah. uh, I think a lot of people are even wondering if we're going to be celebrating or is it going to be a different type of celebration, that sort of thing. Um, but at, at least for human nature, we're really trying to just um, kind of put out the message to people that let's have a more meaningful Christmas, maybe a, le- a lot more simple, yeah. a lot more pared down to the essentials, that sort of thing. Um, and if you were still thinking of giving gifts I think the best would be just you know meaningful gifts gifts that are helping people (laughs) or you know make that phone call Mm. make that connection with friends that you haven't talked to in a long time Um, and if you wanted to give gifts um, you know we have a lot of natural essentials you can go to our website it's humanheartnature.com um, everything you can buy online you don't have to leave the house and we can deliver straight to your friends as well um, for those who want to sign up as a dealer it's a great side hustle um, you can click on um, Human Heart Nature and uh, click on the tab how to be a dealer um, and it's simple straightforward um, we can set you up even today, just go to our website. So don't worry, this is legal dealing that we need to do. <laughs> yeah. Not the illegal dealing and you're not going to get in trouble. Again, Anna, thank you very much. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast app you're using. And again, if we did say some jargon, don't forget, there's going to be show notes on hustleshare.com. And again, if you want to grow our community of hustlers, we also have that on Facebook. Let's go to Hustleshare community so you can suggest how we, we want to grow the show. And lastly, message us in our Hustleshare chatbot, uh, powered by chatbot.ph at m.me slash hustleshare.com. 
to get in touch with us again. Anna, thank you very much. I know you got to hustle and uh, <laughs> appreciate you having been on the show. Awesome. Thanks so much, Roy. It was great spending time with you this afternoon and meeting Noreen too. All right. Appreciate it. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.